Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly, and today we're going to be talking about the current events. We're going to start with some primary elections. Um, there were some in Wisconsin and Hawaii. Um, Wisconsin, both of the Trump-endorsed candidates, the Trump-endorsed candidate for governor, a businessman named Tim Michaels, won going against Tony Evers. And um, and in Wyoming, and in Alaska, there's a primary election. I think it's going to a runoff. Um, they have ranked choice voting in Alaska. Just kind of, which is an interesting system. They're going to a runoff, and I think Sarah Palin is running, and Lisa Murkowski is going against a Trump-endorsed count challenger. And we'll see how the results play out in Alaska. This will really Trump test the Trump influence. But so far, it seems to be holding up relatively strong, the Trump effect. Um, re- um, recently, it's been heard that Liz Cheney lost her primary election. It shouldn't, that's not terribly surprising. She lost her primary election to a Trump-endorsed challenger named Harriet Hagman for the one congressional seat in the state of Wyoming. Of course, Wyoming is a very went for Trump by the largest margin of any state in 2020. It's a very red state, and it's also the least populous state in the country. It also produces the most coal of any state um, in the entire country. So yeah, this has always been a Republican red state. I mean, if Liz Cheney would have like just towed the line of Trump, she probably would have won her primary with like 70% of the vote, but she didn't. She lost it with only like 27% of the vote. So I admire that about her, is that she's standing up for principle over party, I even though I don't agree with much of her politics, but still, it's interesting. Reese, recently, Dr. Oz um, made a video of him going to a grocery store in Pennsylvania called Red Nurse. And shopping for vegetables, um, a crudite, more specifically a Italian vegetable dish. I can't believe he used that term. I mean, most Pennsylvania residents probably just call it vegetables. Yeah. So yeah, he got asparagus, broccoli, carrots, a massive bag of carrots, salsa, and uh, guacamole. He said it cost twenty dollars and. Um, yeah, and even though he could probably just get a pre-packaged version for $8, if not less in many cases, (laughs) yeah. And he also didn't even bring a basket. And an interesting part is, for one, he mispronounced the store that he was at in his campaign video. Um, he said he was at Wegner's, but he was actually at Red Nurs, which is a Pennsylvania-based grocery chain. There's another store throughout the Northeast with several locations in New Jersey. Interesting, because that's where he lives, even though... He's running in Pennsylvania called Wegmans, which is like a higher-end grocery store with several locations throughout the Northeast and New Jersey. Redner's is an exclusively Pennsylvania-based chain. Wegner's, as he said, that doesn't exist. There were literally signs above him that said Redner's. Yeah, so that was kind of silly, to be totally honest. Yeah, I don't understand that. And he's been struggling in the polls about things, questions about his residency He's been down by 18 points compared to his Democratic challenger, John Fetterman, in a recent poll. He's been down 11 points in another, I think, like, down by, like, 14 in another. Yeah, so it's not looking good, especially because Pennsylvania is, like, an incredibly close swing state, and this is a Republican-held Senate seat. Pat Jumi is retiring. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I heard that Marjorie Taylor Greene suggested defunding the FBI um, instead of... Yeah, which 
I'm not sure, are you for law enforcement or against law enforcement? If you want to defund the FBI, it doesn't sound pro-law enforcement to me. It doesn't sound like you're tough on crime. Of course, this is in response to the Mar-a-Lago raid. I think several other Republicans have called for like the FBI to de- defund it in a bunch of rhetoric around the FBI coming from the right. I think it's kind of crazy in my opinion. Um, yeah, those are some things. The primaries, for the most part, have been quite good for Donald Trump, especially the Secretary of State's races, which are quite alarming because those are the people who run elections, and many of these people are election deniers who are actually winning these primary elections for the Secretary of State, like Mark Fincham in Arizona, Jim Marchant in Nevada, and a handful of other candidates, like Christina Caramo in Michigan, and among others, um, are running, winning the Secretary of State's races, and they're like extreme election deniers. And the Secretary of State's offices in most states, they run elections and process business applications and things like maintaining the state seal. So these are big jobs. And you don't want a person who's denying the elections running the elections. And I think also a more trivial example about like Rusty Bowers losing his... Um, um, a state Senate seat in Arizona, I think that's another test of Trump's influence. Just overall, he Trump has a stranglehold on the Republican Party, I think it's fair to say. And the Senate, it's looking pretty close to 50-50, actually. Uh, McConnell said that there was a greater likelihood that we win the House than that we win the Senate. That's what Mitch McConnell said. Um, he's probably, any words, worried about candidate quality which is interesting. The House looks pretty likely for the Republicans, but the Senate is a toss-up. Um, um, the House looks likely for Republicans, which means they'll scrap the J6 committee and a handful of other stuff. But I mentioned that, what they said about, like, McConnell said something interesting as well. He said candidate quality matters a lot. So what he means by candidate quality, I'm not sure. I think he might be referencing some bad candidates in the past, like Todd Akin or Sharon Engel or Richard Murdoch or Christine O'Donnell or Ken Buck or Roy Moore or some other candidates that the GOP nominated for Senate that were just very, very, very bad candidates and could have easily won those seats if they just put up better candidates like Sharon Engel against Terry Reid. They could have easily won that seat in 2010. McCaskill versus Todd Akin, they could have easily won that seat if they nominated somebody better than Todd Akin and didn't make that gaffe um, about legitimate rape. They also could have probably won Indiana against O'Donnelly if they haven't made that, if they haven't nominated Richard Murdoch. And they just nominated some very bad candidates in 2012 and 2010, and that's what pretty much cost them the U.S. Senate for like the next six years. So it's curious that they might, there's a possibility that they that that might, history might repeat itself with some of these candidates like Mehmet Oz, Blake Masters, Herschel Walker, J.D. Vance, and a handful of other candidates that aren't particularly strong. And J.D. Vance in the polls, he's only up by like 1% to 3% in Ohio, which is interesting because in Ohio, Trump won by like 8 points. And J.D. Vance, the Republican, is only leading by like 1 in what's supposed to be a Republican red wave, at least historically speaking, based off of historical trends of midterm elections and President Biden's low approval ratings, you would think that the Republicans would be running away with states like these, but they're not, which um, which they're becoming increasingly worried about some of these candidates. And I think the generic ballot also is like virtually tied on the real clear politics poll average. The generic ballot, it was tied, which was 
for the first time since November, it was like tied. First time since November of 2021, which is a big deal. And of course, a lot of the the discussion about the midterms probably there's going to be some focus on the economy. That's probably going to be the main issue, as it was in 2010, 2012, 2014, and probably even 2020. The main issues in those elections were all the economy. The economy, stupid, as James Carville once said it. But I do think that the economy is going to be something that voters are going to be focusing on. There are some signs that at least the inflation, that inflation could be cooling. We'll get the next CPI numbers and we'll see how that goes. The July CPI numbers were pretty good. Um, About 0% month over month, 8.5% year over year. Um, And gas prices have been falling. Wheat prices have been falling and a handful of other things. Of course, we'll see how the political implications of that are going to be. The economy is definitely going to be an issue. Overall, there are some good signs in unemployment, just everybody's, and job creation, but everybody's worried about inflation, and that's what people are going to be focusing on ahead of the midterms, likely, particularly on gas prices in particular. Yeah. Um, in terms of any other issues, Roe v. Wade is probably an issue that's been motivating the Democratic base. Uh, those are probably going to be two, the two main issues, I think, are Roe v. Wade and the economy. Also, I think... Another issue could be January 6th, and like that could be motivating the Democratic base. Healthcare could be an issue. I'm not so sure. Healthcare or maybe taxes, but so those are going to be the main issues that you're probably going to hear candidates talking about, probably immigration a little bit as well. So those are about the main issues that I suspect will be coming in the midterms. And I think the Republicans, they also pulled ads out of Wisconsin in the Senate race against Ron Johnson, and he's been down by like seven points in a recent poll. And Ron Johnson's the incumbent in Wisconsin. Trump won Wisconsin in 2016, but lost in 2020. Both margins were less than 1%, so Wisconsin's a very close state. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of money in that race, the Barnes-Johnson race. Johnson's been kind of controversial about being involved in the fake elector scheme and making some false claims about COVID-19 vaccinations and a handful of other dumb stuff, as well as his vote against capping drug prices, as well as some statements about Social Security that have been controversial about wanting to change Social Security from mandatory spending to discretionary spending, basically meaning like Congress will have the ability to eliminate it if it becomes discretionary. Discretionary spending means, like, by law, uh, discretionary spending is, oh, it can be up for debate with a lot more flexibility versus mandatory spending is, like, oh, it has to be spent on. Like, that's what Social Security and Veterans Benefits and Medicare are. Like, by law, the government must cover those programs in any budget they approve. So he suggests moving it to the discretionary category, which means it can be cut back, raised, or, like, it can be adjusted more significantly. It could be eliminated entirely if it's indiscretionary. There's a possibility of that. I think he also called global warming BS. And also, yeah, he called global warming bullshit. He also made a conspiracy theory about athletes dropping dead to, due to COVID-19 vaccines. And was involved in the fake electors plot. And a whole bunch of garbage, um, in my opinion. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Um, I hope you guys um, keep listening and stay informed. And I hope you guys um, have a good afternoon. Um, See ya.